as we share God's word tonight, I will just quickly tell you a story about a boy who was 11 years of age, about 20, 25 years ago, I believe. Um, 11 years of age, had never spent a night outside of his parents' home. Every single night, a dad or mom or both have always been in the house. But at the age of 11, it was time for him to break free from that because they thought the best thing for him was to go into a boarding school and throw him out there because he needed to be educated. There was a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of concerns around what his life going to be for this 11-year-old boy. To make matters worse, it was a brand new school that was trying to create a legacy for itself. And this school principal would invite these kids and give them a big message on the very first day of school. And what would he say? He said to them, my goal for you and what you have to comply with is you have to be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. So you can find yourself at the right place, at the right time, but not doing the right thing, or you may be doing the right thing, but not with the right people. So you could be in class at 9 p.m. when you should be in bed at lights out. You could be at the basketball court, but you're not allowed to study your book next to it. That 11-year-old boy was fearful, didn't know how life was going to be, but somehow he navigated that with a lot of trouble. And that 11-year-old boy was me. That was how tough life was when I got into my first um, high school. But in all of that, I learned one thing. It was important, as hard as it was, that my life at that point, the expectation on me was to be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. I don't know how I managed to avoid suspension through that period because the warning was if you did not comply with that, you would be suspended from school. I managed not to be suspended. My message tonight is something in that. And my message tonight is about your place in time and season. I'm not the school principal. I'm not going to give you any punishment for not being in the right place or the right season. But tonight we're going to be talking about your place in time and season. Let's bow our hearts tonight as we pray to God. Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity and the grace to be able to come before you, before your table to partake of communion and to even witness people being water baptized tonight. We thank you, Father, because as we go into your word, we pray you will illuminate our hearts and our lives, Father, and you will speak a word in season to everyone who is here. And at the end, Lord, in our lives, your name alone shall be glorified. We give you praise, Lord. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Your place in time and season. There was a time in the Bible where the children of Israel were at the point where God was going to deliver them. And they had looked forward to this day for so many years. And the day came when God was going to take them out of the land of Egypt into the promised land which had been promised years and years before and had been passed on from generation to generation saying a day is going to come when God is going to take us to that promised land and it wasn't going to come without a fight it wasn't going to come without a challenge but God did take them through that and did all the miraculous works and parted the Red Sea and took them through and got them to the other side I imagine for many of them, as they crossed over the, to the other side of the Red Sea, it would be a time of relief. Finally, we are here. 
I imagine for many of them, it will have been a time of insecurity and anxiety. A new life is starting just like that 11-year-old boy that I was. Being removed from where I've always known, it will be an anxious time for many of them. For many of them, it was a time when they found it hard to find water to even drink. And when they saw water, it was a bitter water. And a place called Mara, where God would demonstrate his miracles and turn a bitter water into a sweet water for them. It was a point where God was going to change their bitterness to joy. And for some of them, as they continue to, to move on, people like Moses, he would remember the potentials that laid behind him in the land of Egypt, where he could have been a prince and a king and a ruler of a, of, of a mighty place. So many questions would have been on their minds. What is going to happen to us? What does the future look like? Even in this place that we are going, we've never seen or surveyed the place. And they had a lot of questions on their minds. And no doubt, they had challenges at that season of their lives. But one thing was common to all of them. For every single one of them, a common denominator was, it was a time for God to do what was next in their lives. Every single one of them, whether it was going to be somebody in the place of leadership, whether it was going to be somebody in the place of stewardship or somebody in the place of encouragement, there was something next that God was going to do outside of the season that they had just left. I would like um, to have a um, projection of the, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Can I have it on the screen? It's a very popular um, popular verse of the scripture that we quote over and over again. It says, for I know the thought that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. The context of this scripture is actually a, a, a group of people, the Israelites, in a place of bondage. They were in slavery. They were in Babylon. And God was saying to them, you are in a place where you don't want to be. But before he would go ahead and say that, he said, well, although you haven't found yourself where you want to be, but I want you to begin to do things the way you should. Get married, have children, build houses, pray for the city where you live in, pray for its peace. Here we are. We find ourselves where we don't want to be. But God is saying, pray for the peace of this place. Because your prosperity is tied to this season that you don't seem to desire to want to be in. A time and a place in season. And if I go back to the story of Israel, as they left the, the, the land of Egypt, and as they've crossed over to the other side, in the book of Exodus chapter 17, we will read from, from verse 8. If I can have that on the screen, please. Exodus 17 from verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, a bit of a long reading, choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hall went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek 
and his people with the edge of the sword. This was a, a time in their lives when they had just overcome thirst. They had just overcome drinking bitter waters. They had just, Moses had just overcome murmuring and complaining from people around him. It was important at that point to notice that he may have kept the right perspective of what God wanted, but the people did not see that. He was, lead, he was leading a group of people who did not necessarily see beyond what their, what their present circumstance was. And here they were, seeing what God had done, and probably just getting to a point where they're feeling, finally, manna is beginning to appear. Now we can be fed every morning and night and be comfortable. Every morning we can go out and gather and be comfortable. And there they were, finding people attacking them, coming to war against them. How will we feel in that season in our lives? You've been through difficult challenges and you just think you're just beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And there we are, like a ton of bricks, another challenge comes your way. But what would Moses do? It's fascinating in this, in this scripture that Moses would not pray to God. He did not even hear from God, but he took a step. He went on to talk to Joshua. He instructed Joshua to get some men and get ready for battle. And he said to, to, to Joshua, get this man, get ready for battle, and I will take the rod and go up on the hill. He didn't say, I'm going to pray to God, or God has promised that we're going to have victory. He was confident that the same God who had taken them through the seasons before they got here was always going to be with them. And there was no point in worrying about that. We know that God who has brought us here can do something in this season and take us on to what his plan and purpose is for us in the next season. In this passage, I believe there are three groups of people that are important for us to see. There are three groups of people that are very strategic in what they did in this passage. The first group of people can be found in, in, in verses 8 and 9. And they are the visionary. The visionary are the people who are able to see beyond the current circumstance. They're able to see beyond the current challenges. They're able to see beyond the, the current murmuring and all the, all the situation that may not look very pretty around them. They're able to see beyond the ugly status that they may be in. They're able to see into what God has called them to do next. They may not know how that is going to happen, but they can clearly say, let's go to battle because we know God is with us. A visionary has the ability to see even when they are going through a tough time. This is a war that started unprovoked. They were camped and they just came after them. But Moses took a step of faith and decision without specifically hearing from God. He knew God had not failed in the past and there was no way he was going to fail this time. And he knew the same way God had saved them. The same staff that God had said, hit the rock and water is going to come out of there. God could walk through that. And he could say to him, you just gather the men, you go on, and I will take this same strength and the presence of God with us. And we know he's going to get us through. Another group of people that you could find here were the executors, the foot soldiers. Joshua will go into the camp. And invite a selected man who would carry on with what God wants to do in this particular instance. There was no way God at that point planned to win a battle with them without some people committing to that which God was willing to do. Thank God for Joshua and the people who would, who would volunteer or who would be a part of the army to achieve God's plan and purpose at this point. These people did not think their lives as a life that we 
sometimes think about ourselves these days. You only live once. I better enjoy the best that I can right now. They will put themselves in the way of harm and potential destruction to be able to, 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 be able to establish what God was willing to do in that season in their lives. The third group of people are the lifeliners. People who will put their, who would be able to be a lifeline for the achievement of the vision and the purpose and the plan of God. So Moses would not just go up on the hill. He would take Aaron and all with him. He would take them with him because they would believe in the vision that he saw that God could deliver them. Such that when his hands were weak and feeble, they would hold those hands up and help him to go through the difficult time. There are other people who will say to him, well, you've been a weak leader. You've been one who has taken us through this, this difficult time. Let's take the stick from you. Perhaps God can also walk through us. So there are people who will be a lifeline to the vision that God has given unto Moses. So these three people were important in this passage. And I believe that as individuals, we have these seasons in our lives when we have to be one visionary. And there are times in our lives or certain things in our lives where we have to be executors. And there are times in our lives where we have to be lifeliners. And there are times in our lives when we may have to do these roles in multiple ways. There are certain areas of our lives where God may want us to see things differently. He may have a different vision that he wants us to see. There are some areas in our lives where God actually wants us to be the foot soldiers. He wants us to take the next step. Saddle the horse. Take your sword. And let's move on to fight and win the battle. And there are areas in our lives where God will say, no, you don't have to rise. You have to be a lifeliner for somebody else's vision or for the vision that I've called somebody else to do. And it is important as Christians and it is important as we try to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives that we will position ourselves in the right place to make sure that we are in the center of God's will in season. In some areas of our lives, depending on the seasons where we will find ourselves, we need to be visionary. I don't know what area of your life has been slow, Annoying at the point where you just think things need to change. Maybe it is time to begin to ask God to help you to see, to have the vision and see what God wants you to see. And there are times in our lives where the voice may not be loud. It may not look very clear, but we can reach out in faith, knowing that the God who has done this before is here again and he will do it. From a personal experience, I've taken steps in my life where people have literally laughed at me. I mean, literally laughed into my face, saying, is this really what you want to do? And I didn't hear from God, specifically saying, hey, my son, this is what I wanted to do. But I knew that if I did not take this step at this point or make this decision at this point, life will only continue the way it is. But I know that the God that I serve can never leave me or forsake me at any point in time. And there are times in our lives where we have to make those drastic decisions saying, I need to move on. I need to change course. And I need to begin to act and believe that God is with me and is going to take me through to the next season. There are times in our lives or areas in our lives where we have to be executors. It is now time to, to, to wear the courage and, and get up and say, hey, I am going to make this decision anyway. I am going to do this anyway because I know God is with me. And if he is with me, he's going to bring the help around for me to achieve his plan and purpose for me. And there are times in our lives or areas in our lives where we have to begin to think again, where do I need to be a lifeliner? 
Where do I have to be a life learner for someone? Where do I have to see their weaknesses and not, and not multiply or talk about it? But rather, take a step to make sure that the, the weak hand can be held strong. To see that a leader who has been struggling, rather than saying, now it is time for us to remove Moses. He can't even hold his hand strong enough. It is time for us to change tactics. It is time for us to, I can do it even better. But no, Aaron and all will say, we know and we have seen the anointing of God upon your life. And we have seen the challenges that you are facing, despite the grace and the calling of God upon your life. We will stand with you. We will hold your hand and we will make sure that God's purpose and plan is accomplished. Are you an Aaron or all? Or are you somebody who will see the humanity and the weakness in others? But rather than help them through it, it is time for us to talk about it or expose their weaknesses. That's not who we've been called to be as Christians. We have been called to be lifeliners in so many ways. And I would want to encourage you tonight as we go into water baptism and as we also remember in communion today what Jesus has done for us. He has called us and he has given us the grace and the opportunity to see ourselves the way that God sees us he has given us the grace and the opportunity to know that I am with you lo I am with you all with you always even to the end of the age that is what Jesus has said he has said he will not leave us nor forsake us that we may boldly say that the Lord is our helper if it is time for you to take that step of being a foot soldier of actually taking this, those physical steps in your life in an area it is time to do it you cannot delay it any further and can I encourage you tonight to open up your eyes and your spiritual eyes to see where you can be a life now for yourself or for somebody around you or even for the ministry that God has called you into let's not be the group of people that will sit and and see how things aren't working but rather we should see how things can work and how we can make them work tonight People are going to be coming up to be baptized. And I want to encourage you as a person, if you haven't been baptized, the opportunity will be there for you tonight. If you have been baptized, it is time for us to see ourselves again in the newness of life that Christ has created us to have. And the newness is that we have, we have been buried with Christ and we've been raised with him. And all authority has been given to Jesus. And we can see ourselves and see others and see life in the way that Christ wants us to see. I want to encourage you to stop being critical of your situation. Stop being critical of people. Stop being critical of everything around you. But rather, let us see ourselves as people who can move. Let us see ourselves as people who can support weaknesses. Let us see ourselves as people who can be strengthened by God. Let us support us, see ourselves as people who can see the way God wants to see us. And tonight, I want to challenge you. What's that area where you need to see differently? What do you have to see differently? What do you have to see in a way that is different from the lens of the world? What areas do you have to see in your life that needs to be a different perspective to what it's always been? There is always room for more in God's kingdom. There is always room for more investment. There is always room for more to be renewed. 
there's always room for more in our lives. Your place and time in season. You've got to be visionary. You've got to be an executor. And you have to be a lifeline. Without Jesus, you cannot achieve this. The natural, selfish self of man does not see beyond me. The natural, selfish self of man does not go selflessly to achieve God's plan and purpose. And the natural, selfish, selfish part of man is never committed to be a lifeline. Rather, he wants to pull down. And with the, the goal of the society and what we all see is my opinion. How can my opinion count? How can people see that I'm there? But can we actually sit back and see how God can help us and use us to be lifeliners in the lives of the people around you? The vision of our church is to grow lives that are connected to Christ, his cause and community. How can I be a lifeline in my community? How can I be a lifeline in my workplace? How can I be a lifeline in my family? How can I be a lifeline in church? How can I be a lifeline to strangers that are around me? How can I be a lifeline that is never seen but always felt? I encourage you tonight to remember that Jesus died for us and has equipped us to be the best that he wants us to be. And you can never achieve that without first having Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the only passport that you have to be able to live that life. That is the ultimate calling of achieving the purpose of God. Mm -hmm.